This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, good morning. My name is Troy, and I'm privileged to serve on the prayer team at Victory Church, uh, where our vision is to see people reconcile to God and each other. Uh, we're excited. This is a fourth Sunday, so this is uh, a prayer service, uh, and I want to, to open this up to uh, the format for, uh, for this time. Uh, we will have uh, a time where, where I will pray, and I encourage you to uh, join me in prayer. Uh, we'll pray over a specific area, um, over the victory belonging to, to Jesus, and then we'll have a moment where uh, we can pause and listen for, uh, listen for God to speak to us. Um, during those pauses, I'm, I'm happy uh, to let you know that Chantel, who is on the worship team at Victory, uh, will be uh, singing uh, Victory Belongs to, to Jesus. So we'll do that a couple of times, and then I'll just have a couple of short thoughts to, to share. Uh, we'll pray, we'll pray some more, and we will wrap up. Excited to be here with you this morning. Let's uh, orient ourselves quickly in the scriptures. Uh, and so we're going to read two scriptures, the first being Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, uh, and then we'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, and we'll be reading the second half of verse 7 through to verse 10. So firstly, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Then the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Turning now to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 7b through verse 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's the word of God and the word of strength. Let's quickly open up and invite God into our assembly. Let us pray. God, right now, wherever we find ourselves and whenever we find ourselves, we simply ask that in this moment that you fill the space within us in the space between us with your presence and that you would orient us right now so that we can hear from you. We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen. We praise God. Man, well, we have been in a sermon series, Victory Belongs to Jesus, and this prayer time is just a continuation of that series. So I want us to bring all that we've learned and discovered together uh, over the last few weeks and apply it here as we pray together. So I'm going to model on my end, and I hope that wherever you are in your living room or in your car, uh, listening to this afterwards as a podcast, that you would simply do the same thing uh, and choose an area in, uh, in your life. Uh, say what that area is, uh, and then acknowledge what you think victory looks like in that area. Uh, then take time to pray to God um, over that particular area, uh, and then take a moment to listen.
So I'll demonstrate, we'll do it together. Uh, let's take a look at health. So in my personal life, what I think victory looks like when I think about health is having the strength to fully live into the things that God is calling me to do um, as a as someone who loves God and as a father and uh, as an employee, as a husband, uh, being able to do all of that uh, without pain. So that's what I think victory looks like in health, but I recognize um, that victory might look a little bit different from God's perspective. And so now I'm going to turn to the Lord. God, you see my physical body, Lord, and I'm thankful, Lord, that I still have the ability to move and the, the activities of my limbs, Lord. And Lord God, I am looking and seeking after your victory for my health. And just said what I think it looks like, but more than that, Lord God, I pray that you would take all of me, take my health, Lord God. I trust you, Lord, and what you have for my body. I want you to know the desires of my heart, Lord, to be able to run and to move and to, to throw my children up. But Lord God, I just pray whatever it is and however you seek to get the glory through my health, that you would do it. Lord God, I pray that you lead and guide and direct me so that I can understand how you are moving in my health. And even if you don't show me, Lord God, I'll hold on to you in my health, in your name. Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. No one will. Who can stand against the king? No one can. No one will. Oh, oh, victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. Oh, 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 victory belongs to Jesus, victory belongs to him. Lord, for my family, I think victory looks like my family being whole and complete being able to love each other completely without fear and really of knowing you uh, and being centered as the center of our family uh, around what it means to have relationship with you and relationship with each other, and regardless of what's happened in the, the past um, that we might move forward, just like you've chosen to move forward with us, that you've reconciled yourself, that we've been reconciled to you. And I recognize it might look like something different, um, but I trust you, God, and I hand over the victory for my family over to you. Uh, so now I pray. God, I don't know or fully understand. I don't get to, to see the way you do every 
thing that is going on, Lord God, if my extended family, I don't get to hear the thoughts and the journeys that they are on. Because I can't see it all, because I don't know it all. And because, Lord God, even if I did, I would be unable to do anything else. I hand over my family to you, every single person, uh, from my wife and my daughter to my mother, my father-in-law, my cousins, my aunts, everybody, I hand sister, Lord, I hand them all over to you. And I choose, Lord, not my own definition of what victory looks like, but your definition. And so, Lord God, I make myself and my heart available to you, Lord. Open me up, Lord, so that I can see and understand and appreciate how you are getting the victory. Open me up to be willing to shut the door and to go in, Lord, and to trust you with the very lives of the ones that you have called me to love. Thank you, Lord. I honor you. Unity um, to turn everything over to the one whom we know has the victory. In fact, it's an awesome privilege to be able to pray to God uh, and for God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, to hear us and to answer our prayers. But if many of us were honest with ourselves, while affirming that truth, we'd also name some of our doubts. How can I really trust that victory for me will result from trusting in God? And what about when things don't go right? I mean, does God really answer all of my prayers? Uh, and even if I see prayers answered in my own life, what of the world that I look at? What of the injustice? What's the point of all of this anyways? As we join together in this prayer service and exercise our faith and trust God, I have a few shot thoughts I wanted to share with you, a few uh, musings. Ultimately, the answers to your questions will come not from me, um, but from God. Um, but it's my hope that God will, through this moment in, in practicing and considering, continue to nurture your questioning uh, and your journey in finding answers to your questions in him. And so I wanted to very quickly reflect on three things. Victory, 
belongs and Jesus. Firstly, let's reflect on victory. What is victory? You know, I like to think abstractly sometimes, and if victory were a, a, an abstract painting, uh, a work of art meant to express meaning beyond words, I think it might very much look for me like walking with God in the cool of the day. There's lots of different manifestations that I see in the world about victory, but ultimately what it resolves to is a world where we are literally in the presence of God. Uh, in the presence of goodness, uh, in the presence of justice, uh, in the presence of, of healing. Uh, perhaps as the, the, the revelator described it, um, that, that God will wipe every tear from our eyes, that there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. When I think about victory, when I think about what it resolves to, it is really about being in the presence of God and being comfortable. And, and I imagine what it would feel like to hear that sound of, of the rushing of God coming through in the cool of the day, like mom is still bringing joy to the house after a hard day's work. And when I hear that and I experience that, for me, that's victory uh, in the presence of God. Now, no, don't get me wrong. Goodness, justice, mercy, healing, those are all very good things. But the truth is that these small V victories really point to the big V victory of being in the presence of God. And the awesomeness of that victory is profound. And so it makes what I have to say following even more stark. Because if I had to paint a picture of defeat or what it means to be defeated, it actually wouldn't even be injustice or evil or the concept that my benefit has to come at your expense. Although all of this is manifestations of defeat, but it's not how I paint the picture. I would paint the picture of defeat as hiding and cowering in the corner in the presence of victory. I'd paint it as holding on to our fear when it would be literally easier to hold on and embrace victory. Uh, of looking no further than our own toes when I could look up and see the very source of victory. And that's why this single verse in Genesis is so profound because it's exactly what we see in the Garden of Eden, cowering in defeat when victory is just a stone's throw away. Hiding within ourselves instead of embracing the possibility of victory. For our areas, for my health, my family, for your areas, victory is ultimately not where we perhaps think it is. Victory is where God is. And we are defeated when we are hiding from God. Our victory is in Jesus. Our victory is in walking with God and the revelation of God through Jesus Christ and knowing that we don't need to hide. The second musing I wanted to share was about belonging. 
the 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 dictionary definition of of belonging the the dictionary the definition at the top of the google search uh brings us to the idea of being the property of uh for example the car belongs to me or my life belongs to me or or my life is the property of me it's about who owns something but there's a second definition that's right under that and that definition is to be a member or a part of. Uh, for example, I might belong to the Raptors fan club. Uh, or, or my life belongs to the body of Christ. Or in other words, for this definition, my life is part of the body of Christ. Now, we often think about belonging as what belongs to us. But what if? For a moment, we turn our orientation and think about belonging as what it means to be a part of something. Or in other words, what if we oriented our walk in this world such that we didn't consider that our life belongs to us, that my life belongs to me, but, in other, but instead consider that our life belongs to God or we are a member or a part of the body of Christ, a part of, of God's community? What, what if we walk not as if we owned our own lives, but instead as if we were managers, stewards, shepherds of our lives, but our lives were ultimately God's? That God is our owner and that we are the stewards of what God has brought into this world. Let's just consider it for a moment. And in considering it, I recognize that this is a tough concept for many of us. But consider this concept in a world where we belong to God and know that God never dominates us. God never coerces us. God never exploits us. God never acts in injustice, but instead in justice. Imagine a world where we were stewards of our own life, but we saw ourselves as really being God's property. When we think of ourselves as the owner of our own lives, when we cling to our own lives, we ask questions like, what do I want? How does this affect me? Why is this happening to me? And those are important questions, but questions that often leave us defeated. Imagine if instead we viewed ourselves not as owning our lives, but of managing and shepherding our lives for our creator. We don't lose any of the care and concern of our lives because it's ours to manage but we also have full recognition that we are part of something bigger. So in the intricacies and the details and the struggles of our life, the question becomes, as I'm dealing with this owner, what do you want me to accomplish? Owner, can you show me a glimpse of what's going on in my house and how it's part of your larger purpose? The, 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 the situation, owner, is hard on me. I need you to come and help. I need your full attention in this moment. I, I don't understand what's going on right now. 
in this temple that I am managing, but I want you owner to know what's going on and I want to, you, to allow it to be used for your larger purpose, even if I don't understand it, even if it costs me. My owner, based on what I know, here's what I want. Here's my best situation assessment of the situation, but ultimately you're the owner and I trust you, so let your will be done. Interestingly, interestingly, if you are the steward of your life for an owner, then the most important thing to do is to make sure you are aligned with the owner by spending as much time with the owner as possible so that you there is no daylight between you so that you understand what the will of the owner is and that you can apply it to that which you have stewardship over. The third musings is simply about Jesus. Victory belongs Jesus. Paul in his letter to Corinth tells us that God's grace is sufficient. Paul in this letter is, is, is foolishly boasting in this section, and he gets to a point where he explains a, a, a situation in his life. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. We're not told what that thorn is, but we know it hurt Paul. And he asked three times for it to be taken away from him. And the answer to his prayer was, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's answer is that grace is sufficient. Paul's answer is that the fact that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the penalty of our sin, our separateness from God, so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could be reconciled to God, that that historical fact, that that historical and metaphysical fact is sufficient an answer for the thorn that Paul had in his side. And I submit to you that that answer is sufficient for us as well. It is ultimately the answer to our prayers. The answer to our prayers is that God gives us the opportunity to walk continually with him, to be reconciled to him. What if we reorient ourselves to prayer so that prayer isn't about asking for certain things, but instead is about walking with God and him knowing us completely and him knowing us completely. What, what if prayer isn't about having a phone with a number that we can call to God whenever we have something to request from him. 
But what if prayer is the idea that we don't have a phone? And that we are experiencing everything together. And God knows our hearts because it's part of our ongoing conversation. And we know God's hearts because it's part of our ongoing conversation. Our ongoing yearning for him. And what if that walk is happening and we know that victory belongs to Jesus? And we know that we belong to Jesus. Such that at the end of the day, our victory comes to Jesus through Jesus because both victory and us belong to him. What if we throw ourselves completely at God? Henry Nowen talked about a story of trapeze artists. Uh, I quote from one of his writings. And the Flying Roadlies are trapeze artists who perform in the German circus. When the circus came to Friedberg a couple of years ago, his friends, Franz and Rene, invited me and my father to see the, the show. One day I was sitting with Rodley, the leader of the troop in his caravan, talking about flying. He said, as a flyer, as the one who was caught in the trapeze move. As a flyer, I must have complete trust in my catcher. The public might think that I am the great star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe, my catcher. He has to be there for me with split second precision and grab me out of the air as I come to him in the long jump. How does it work, I asked. The secret, Rodley said, is that the flyer does nothing and the catcher does everything. When I fly to Joe, I have simply to stretch out my arms and hands and wait for him to catch me and pull me safely over the apron behind the catch bar. You do nothing, I said, surprised. Nothing, Rodley repeated. The worst thing the flyer can do is try to catch the catcher. I am not supposed to catch Joe. It's Joe's task to catch me. If I grab Joe's wrists, I might break them or he might break mine and that would be the end. A flyer must fly and a catcher must catch. And so the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that his catcher will be there for him. In Genesis 3, we were mistakenly told that we should accentuate our separateness from our catcher, from our God. Victory belongs to Jesus because his grace is sufficient. We are accepted when we throw ourselves completely at our God and we trust, we can know that he will catch us, that victory belongs to him. And we can know fully and completely that truth when we in prayer walk with God continually every day. Because then we'll know the will of the catcher and see definitively that he will catch us and that victory belongs to Jesus. So let's pray together in the areas of our individual and collective lives.
knowing that victory indeed belongs to Jesus, and we can access and accentuate that victory in prayer. God, in the area of justice, uh, from my role as a steward, justice looks like people having the opportunity to know you and to not be dissuaded from that truth because of their material circumstance. It means that every boy and girl, every man and woman knows not through a dark mirror, but knows that they are seen and lived and can walk in this world and be seen as the UCM, as someone that is loved, that somebody is that is worthy of opportunity and respect. And so God, now I pray, Lord, that you would help me, Lord God, that you'd show me, that you'd walk with me, Lord. Lord, I want to know what justice means for my life and the lives around me that you've called on me to steward. So God, I give it all over to you and I ask you, Lord, to show me and to help me participate with you, Lord, in what justice means in the area, Lord God, that you've given me. Show me, Lord God, right now. Lord God, I see oh, justice being forced to run out of the streets. I see injustice all around me, Lord. In the way even, Lord, the this virus is acting, Lord God, I can see, Lord, it taking advantage of obvious injustices. And Lord God, I trust you for the victory. Victory belongs to you. I trust you even now. I trust you, Lord God, for this manifestations of injustice in my own life, Lord. I trust you to bring us the victory. And Lord God, I love you. And Lord, I thank you right now for the victory because you are awesome, God. Now, Lord, I want to hear from you. out by singing together with our hearts victory belongs to Jesus I want to 
quickly let you know that if you have not experienced the, the life-giving impact of inviting Jesus into your heart, the life-giving impact of embracing the truth that, that God sent his son so that we could walk with him in the cool of the garden, if you haven't experienced an inkling of that victory, you can invite God to your heart at any time. Simply let him know that you recognize the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, and that you choose God. And if you make that decision, wherever you are, I encourage you to, to reach out to Victory. You can fill out a connect card on our website or on our app. Uh, and we want to, to, to guide you and, and help shepherd you through the process of beginning to know and trust and live into the truth that victory belongs to Jesus uh, and that his grace is sufficient. Whether you live that truth out at another church or at victory, we want to get you started on that journey. I want to encourage you finally to simply continue to press into God and in prayer continue to press into the truth that victory belongs to Jesus. I invite you to continue praying and worshiping right where you are as, as Chantel sings us out. To God be the glory and go with God. Amen.